Hello everyone, welcome back to Move My Spirit. This is Eric McCracken, and uh, today we're going to discuss a little bit of Daniel chapter 6. This is the uh, story of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. So before I get started, um, I'm going to encourage you to take the time to read this entire chapter. I'm not going to read it to you uh, word for word since it's a little bit of a longer chapter, Uh, but not only do I encourage you to read Daniel 6, I'm going to encourage you to read it from the start, from Daniel chapter 1, so that you can uh, follow along with the history a little bit better and understand where all of this is coming from. Um, So I'm hopeful that uh, everything that we talk about today will uh, make sense, even if you don't have a full grip on the total history here. As much as I would love to dive into that history. Uh, I think covering six chapters in one podcast could get a little bit cumbersome. So we're just going to cover Daniel chapter six. Like I said, this is when uh, Daniel is being thrown into the lion's den. So at this time, Darius is the king of Babylon and uh, he's, he's very much in touch with Daniel and read you verse 3, Daniel was so distinguished among the other administrators by his exceptional qualities that the king had actually planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So as you can imagine, when you're working in a group and the higher up of the group plans to set one person up, that's always going to lead to some kind of a conflict. So these other people that are in the official circle, if you will, um, they didn't really like the fact that they were going to uh, keep moving Daniel higher and higher up the ladder. And so what they did was they met and they discussed what they could do to basically throw Daniel under the bus. What could they do to get him in trouble, to kick him out and get him out of their way? Well, as they discussed what what they could t- uh, use as charges against him, they realized that they had no basis to file any charges against him because, uh, according here to verse 4, he was trustworthy, not corrupt, not negligent. And so they said, well, we're never going to find any reason to charge him unless it has something to do with the law of his own God. Now, remember that Daniel's God is our God. And uh, the people who are uh, getting ready to throw him under the bus, they're not serving Daniel's God. They're just serving their king. So these um, administrators, they decided that they were going to go straight to the king, and they proposed to him that he should issue this this new edict that would do, uh, that would enforce decree that anyone who prays to any other god or human being for 30 days except King Darius would be thrown into a lion's den. So basically that's that's the background to why Daniel's going to get thrown into the lion's den because obviously He's not going to turn his back on God after God has done uh, good works through him and and has shared wisdom with him. 
So these administrators have set him up. And so that's exactly what the king did. He put it into writing, and that way it couldn't be altered. So King Darius sets out this decree. If anybody prays to any other god or human being except for myself, I'm going to throw you in the lion's den. So Daniel had heard about this, and he didn't necessarily disregard it, but here's what he did. I'll read you verse 10. It says, Now Daniel, when he had learned that the decree had been published, he went home to the upstairs room where his windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he'd done before. So it's it's like I said, not necessarily that he disregarded it, but he knew that his God was greater. And so these men went up as a group and they found that Daniel was praying to God and asking for help. Since they caught him then, they went back to King Darius and they said, King Darius, did you not publish a decree that, that said that no one could pray to any god or other human other than yourself? And if they do, should they be thrown in the lion's den? King Darius said, yeah, I, I wrote that I wrote that publication. I, I made that decree. And in accordance with the law, it can't be repealed because it's in writing. And so they said, well, here's what's up, King Darius. Daniel, who is one of your exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you. They, he doesn't pay any attention to the decree that you've put in writing. He's still praying three times a day. And I like what they say here in verse 14. He says, when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. Okay, so now now it's kind of like he might realize what's about to happen. He was determined to rescue Daniel and make every effort until sundown to save him. So King Darius, since he was a friend of Daniel, really didn't want this to happen. But because he put the decree in writing and the law at the time said if the law was in writing it couldn't be repealed, he had to enforce it. And so he tried and tried until sundown but was not able to. Wasn't able to wasn't able to overcome his own law that he had put into place. There was no issue that he could change. And so the king then had to give the order to bring Daniel and throw him in a lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, May your God, who you serve continually, rescue you. It's kind of a key verse in this passage because Darius has seen and has heard the things that God has done through Daniel. And while it's not clear and it doesn't necessarily say that that Darius is making that statement of faith, he's, he's saying directly to Daniel, may your God rescue you. He doesn't want to see this happen to his friend, but because of the law that he ultimately put in place, this is what 
has to happen. And so they threw him in the den of the lions, and they rolled a stone over the opening at the den, and they sealed it. And Daniel's situation was that he's probably going to be eaten by lions. And so the king went back to his palace, and he did not eat that night, and he didn't have any entertainment. He was bothered. And so while he uh, went back and he was sitting in the palace, something's constantly on his mind. I guess you could take that passage to say he knew his, his conscience had, a, had that sense of guilt, like, oh no, what have I done? And it, it goes on to say he couldn't even sleep that night. And so at the first light of dawn, when the king woke up that morning, he hurried down to the lion's den. He didn't just meander down. It says he hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near enough to the den, he called in to Daniel. And he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Now at this point, if you didn't have any faith, you would expect to get no response. You would expect to hear nothing but perhaps the roaring of a lion. But what King Darius heard was Daniel's response when he cried out, My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, King Darius. And so the king, it says he was overjoyed. And then he immediately gave the order to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was brought up out of the den, it says there was not one wound found on him because he trusted God. Now, don't you think that it would be a little bit difficult if you were stuck in a cave with lions to have that much trust. This is this is coming from a man that that really trusts God. I trust God for my every situation, but I, I would have to be honest in saying that if I was thrown into a den of lions, I would be afraid. Um, because I'm I'm not above them on the food chain, of course. They're a little bit above me. If one of them tackled me, certainly they could take me down in a heartbeat. But Daniel he just said, listen, this is, this is my faith. I trusted God and I come out. I come out of this den with not a wound. And so the, uh, the king then said, lift him up, get him out of there. And just as soon as they pulled Daniel up, all of those officials who falsely accused Daniel were brought back and he threw all of them into the lion's den. But not just them, okay? They had done wrong. And so what he did was he threw the lion, he threw those officials into the lion's den. He threw their wives into the lion's den and he threw their children into the lion's den. And before they, it says, before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. That 
is a very big statement right there. Daniel just spent all night in the den with those same lions, and they never touched him. But now these these guys and all their families never even hit the floor before the before the lions dominated them and crushed their bones. And so then, here's the end of the chapter. King Darius wrote to all the nations and the people of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Are you getting goosebumps yet? Listen to that. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, and his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. That, my friends, is one decree that holds true to this day. Our God still lives. Our God still endures forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed and it will never end. No matter what we go through, he can rescue us. He will rescue us. He saves us from everything. He's still performing signs and wonders. We just have to look for them. All over heaven, all over earth. Listen, I've seen with my own eyes and I've heard testimony with my own ears of people being healed. God is still capable. God is still strong. God is still powerful. If you were thrown into a lion's den, God could still save you. It's it's not just about well, it was that day and it was that day and age, you know. People people were more trusting of God at that time. People relied more on God at that time. It's not about that. It's about your own faith. And when you read the book of Daniel, it it really spawns your faith to grow and you have to take the time and reflect and think about your own faith and say, am I really living as strong as I can? Am I really living this out as strong as I need to be? Where is my faith standing according to, you know, where did it start? Where is it now? Did it grow at all between these two points in time? Has it decreased a little bit? It's, it's a book that will force you to self-examine and figure out what you need to do to strengthen your faith in God. And let me tell you what, if you will read it and be willing to just be submissive to the Holy Spirit, he will show you exactly how you can just strengthen that faith. You can reach out and, and, and take his hands and say, God, you are the God that pulled Daniel up from the lion's den. You are the one that reached down and closed the mouths of the lions. And there is nothing too big for you to handle. And, and we think about our lives and everything that we go through. 
and sometimes we get so so pulled away so so taken off guard by something that goes wrong in life but you know what god is strong enough that he will use your test and turn it into a testimony okay he will turn your trial into a triumph he's ready to do something great for you but just like daniel you have to trust him okay he's he's more than capable but you have to have the faith that god will provide god will see you through god will lift your head god will take your hand set a path before your very feet he will take care of you so like i said i hope that you will take the time to read those first five chapters and then read all of chapter six word for word um Once you start, you're going to realize that it's kind of, um, kind of easy to just keep reading. And even if you're not really a reader, the story will excite you and you, you just keep turning the page and then you're like, oh my goodness, I just read seven chapters. Well, guess what? By the time you've read seven chapters, you're already halfway done. Just keep going and finish the book out. Um, you'll, you'll just find that God did amazing things for Daniel. And just the way that God did these amazing things for Daniel, I am here to tell you, brothers and sisters, God is ready to do something amazing for you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. He is ready. He's reached out and said, Come on, child, take my hand and let me show you what I am capable of. So that's what you got to do. Submit yourself to God and say, Father, I'm ready. I am ready for what you have for me. I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer over you right now, and I hope that you'll receive the prayer. And whatever you are facing right now, I would ask that that God be whatever God you need him to be, whether it's Jehovah Rapha, your healer, Jehovah Shalom, the God of your peace, Jehovah Nisi, the banner over your life, whatever God you seek, I am asking that God will be that God that he needs to be just for you. He's promised he will be. All you have to do is be ready for him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you with my brother and my sister and my friend. Lord God, I bring all of these folks that might listen to this to the foot of your cross, Father. Whatever lion's den they've found themselves trapped in, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would reach down and shut the mouths of their lions. Father, silence them right now through the holy power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Father, you gave us a shared authority through the blood of Jesus Christ that we might have confidence to face these issues knowing that you alone are God and that you will provide for our needs. So Father, whatever it is, Right now, Lord God, I ask in the holy name of Jesus, you send your ministering angels to each person who hears this and needs them. Father, that they might be lifted up out of the lion's den and that they might see the lions have their mouths held shut because they've stood on your promise and they've trusted in you. Father, I give you praise for everything that you're capable of. 
which is everything beneath these skies and everything on heaven and everything on earth. I give you praise and honor and glory, Father, for what you're about to do in the lives of my brothers and my sisters. And I thank you, Lord, that they were brought to this place to hear this word that you laid on my heart. Father, may, may this message stick with them until their trial has turned into the triumph and they can come back saying, Praise God, you saw me through. Father, I do give you praise. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. God be with you, friends. Take care and God bless until we meet again. Bye-bye.